Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. We're just ahead of filming for Codename Trixie, Episode 9, and we have plenty of wild theories. Bookmark this episode for December 2019 to revisit and hear all the blunders, epiphanies, and hilarity that's to follow. Get ready for some serious speculation, Skytalker style. Welcome to Skytalkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, guys. I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to our first episode nine episode. (laughs) (laughs) I I realized I was going to have to say episode twice, but we are going to be diving into our wild and crazy theories for episode nine, and I'm really excited. I am so excited because we are so close to, like, the entire machine of filming this movie happening. And I really, like, I've been – we've been stewing on some theories since December, and I, like, have put them into a document. (laughs) And I started this document in January, and I'm really excited because – some of them I've seen like even floating around the internet and everything. And I'm just like really excited to like talk about them some more because it's, I don't know. I've, I've, I feel like a lot of people are on the same page about certain things and maybe we're not going to be on the same page about certain things. And Keelan and I each have our own lists and I'm really excited to get through it. Yeah. And just so you guys know, we, we don't, well, I don't do spoilers, but I have been reading some of the leaks that have floated around Twitter and Tumblr and Reddit, and so has Charlotte. So I'm sure that has colored our some of our theories here. So if you are like hardcore, no spoilers, especially at this juncture in filming, this might want this might be an episode you want to skip. So just kind of know that going in. But of course, they haven't started filming yet, so everything is super hearsay at this point. But you know, just a fair warning to put out there. And that said, a lot of these things that we wrote down, we were like before we even read these like kind of hearsay kind of dumb leaks you know quote leaks yeah quote unquote leaks i you know i I really i don't i don't put any weight on those i really don't i don't but i also just you know some people are super serious about these spoiler things and i know i I am like once once filming happens starts i i want to try and stay as far away as i can but i have indulged myself a little bit uh before filming so you know i i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my distance as well um i don't think there's much harm in like investigating like costume options or things like that that like crop up on twitter and everything Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not like i'm not super cold turkey like i don't want to see everything like i'm not gonna mute the words like episode nine like that's not happening for me i can't do that like physically for my anxiety like i can't do that (laughs) i have to be involved in like the hype the hype machine yeah um so th- that's kind of where we've talked about, like, where we stand as spoiler people. But in general, this is not a spoiler show at all. Like, we don't yeah. we don't cut. We don't touch those. We don't do that. And we're all about the speculation. It's kind of like what we love. Yeah, <laughs> we love doing yeah, that, and even exactly. if it's wild and crazy. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, 
but yeah, you know, you, I feel like you just got to put that out there at this point. You know, For sure. you just got to say it and, and let it be. Um, <laughs> but uh, first off, or I guess second off, happy belated birthday. We are recording this a day after Charlotte's 25th birthday. Thank you. Welcome, welcome to the 25 Club. <laughs> it's a good club. Yeah, your first order of business is recording Sky Talkers. So, you know, yeah. that's a good order of business. Right? <laughs> Starting yeah. with Star Wars. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Yes. And I will let you, as the belated birthday girl, talk about <laughs> our announcement for what we have coming down the line for Sky Talkers. Okay. So we're really, really excited about this, guys, because as you might know, like longtime listeners or people who've gone through our backlog at this point probably know that last summer we did a machete series where we went through each Star Wars movie in the machete order. We love that series. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Um, we It's great. <laughs> Not to toot our own <laughs> horn, but like it's a fun it's a fun breakdown of 25 uh, movies. Super humble. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> But this time, this summer, because we wanted to do a fun summer series, you know, and we've been toying with this idea for months, and we're going to do a three-episode um, series on George Lucas. And we're going to start with his early life and his early works, the, the middle of the road, the Star Wars era, and then kind of later, the prequels, the Clone Wars. And I'll have more details for you later. You should follow our Twitter page, and I'll probably have something up on our website, skytalkers.com, about this. But it's going to be for three weeks in the month of July. So um, two weeks after this episode airs will be the first episode, and then the week after that is the second, and then the week after that is the third. So usually while we are a bi-weekly podcast, we are going to go weekly for this specific series, and we're really pumped. I am super excited. We are big George Lucas fans, and we say a lot on the show that if you – especially in light of the prequels, that if you want to appreciate the prequels more, then a lot of the times what helps is getting to know George Lucas a little better and getting to know like his thought process behind certain decisions and things like that. And so I'm really excited to be diving in a little bit more into his life um, and not just from a biography standpoint, but also kind of tracking along with some of the other films and projects that he has worked on throughout the years, not just Star Wars. Yeah, I think specifically we'll be looking at, you know, the the certain things that have influenced his work in his life and the themes that have come up into Star Wars from his life in his past films and what we can learn from them as like the future of Lucasfilm, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really pumped. It's going to be great. So be really fun. Even if you're not a George Lucas fan or you don't know much about George Lucas, trust me, this will be a very accessible series and um, we hope that you listen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And if you have any good, uh, like, titles or names for the series, uh, let us know because we've still been rolling around with some of them. Um, But if you have any good ideas, please tweet them or email them to us. Our Twitter is at SkyTalkersPod or our email is SkyTalkersPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, because if not, it's just going to be called the SkyTalkers George Lucas series. (laughs) Caitlin, Charlotte, and George, a series. (laughs) That's a good series. I, yeah, you know what? That's not a bad title. <laughs> people, people will think that we have like George on for like tea or something to just chat about life. But that's- oh, the goals. We'll have to use as like the promo pic. We'll have to like crop the photo of us oh um, behind George Lucas <laughs> at the solo premiere. 
I don't know if you guys know this, but we were like a picture with Lucas and Ron Howard. I have a picture with George Lucas and Ron Howard, and it's hilarious because we're like in the background at the premiere, and we know it too. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's a paparazzi photo. They were all taking pictures, and we're right behind them. And while it's happening, I start elbowing Charlotte. I'm like, "Smile, smile! We're gonna be in this picture." And sure enough, (laughs) we googled it the next day. Yeah, it was in USA Today. It was. It was. <laughs> and there we are in the background. Hello. <laughs> I, I wish we had one of our stickers. Be like, Sky Talkers. <laughs> that would be so funny. That would be really funny. Um, but okay, so get ready for that in July and send us your um, title ideas. But this episode is all about speculation. And so let's break down our three parts. Part one is going to be some of our favorite theories. Um, part two is going to be our big wishes. And then part three, we're going to bring it down to our realistic expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Getting so real. Yeah, getting very real. All right. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. All right. Welcome to part one, where we're going to be talking all about our most beloved theories. And I'm going to let Charlotte kick it off because Charlotte has been talking about this particular theory since day one, pretty much. So I'll let you kick it off with your first theory. I mean, I don't know if I've really been talking about this since day one, but you've been I've been I've been fighting for this one for a while. You've been talking about it for a very long time. It was definitely one of your first theories about episode nine. All right, I'm very very convinced that a stormtrooper uprising has to happen with Finn, Um, or some sort of stormtrooper uprising is the ideal for me. Um, Some sort of the first order kind of destroying itself from the inside, and like the the fellow like comrades that. Finn Finn was friends with kind of he you know he's the example for them and they all kind of turn on the first order from the inside um I think that it would really round out Finn's arc and which is already quite a round arc at this point like he he went he came so far from the force awakens to the last jedi that I think what would really bring it home since now he's established his place in the resistance and the rebellion would be his influence kind of having that meaning in the first order. I'm very attached to this and I I feel like I really want it to happen just cuz I feel like it has a lot of really cool implications too. So it, we we think about like what's going to happen in episode 9 and we think about like okay so obviously you know, we're very attached as well to a happy ending. And it's like, how is the First Order going to dismantle? How are we going to see the fall of the First Order? And we've talked about on the show, particularly in our last episode, about how Star Wars has, in the new era of Star Wars, we're, we're given all these new characters who come from like humble, humble beginnings and oppression and kind of rise above it. And I think there's something so cool about Finn's character in the fact that, you know, he he definitely did rise above, you know, his he was taken from his family, a family that'll never know, and he was raised to do one thing. And it's it's really cool, obviously, in that one speech in The Force Awakens where we see that he he I, I don't know, he he's completely um turned his back on the on the first order in The Last Jedi at this point. And it would be great to see 
the rest of his, you know, his brothers that he was raised with do the same, especially because that was essentially the catalyst, like him holding his dying friend. I mean, you can only assume that it is friend who like marked his face with blood. Um, you know, that that was his the, basically the catalyst for him to realize, oh, my God, I don't want to be here. This is like violent and terrible. Um, it started with that, like, essentially like that friendship that like hopefully maybe maybe it turns out where like Finn and Poe and Rose and Ray somehow go back to the First Order and Finn, you know, sees some of his his fellow stormtroopers and he's like, guys, what are you doing? Like, there's an out. Do you realize that? Like, it's similar to like maybe an L3 situation where, you know, she's like, you can free your brothers and sisters, like similar to that kind of <laughs> idea, you know? I don't know. That's it. That's my that's my first beloved theory. Okay, really. well, not, not to poo-poo on your beloved theory, but <laughs> um, I okay. I will. I really like the stormtrooper uprising theory. I just don't know if I think it's going to happen. Like, if it's a plausible theory, um, because I guess just to start off in Force Awakens, I never read that guy as Finn's friend. Um, I've never like interpreted it that way. I just inter- I've always interpreted it as just the guy next to him. You know, because this is Finn's like first foray into battle. You know, he doesn't even have a name at this point. He's just FN two one eight seven, and this is just the guy who's next to him. He has no idea who he is, and he dies in his arms. And it's like, whoa, you know, what am I doing here? Um, that being said, I mean, he very well could be his friend, but I've never interpreted it that way. And then also to the stormtroopers, they have. I don't know. They've never like none of Finn's interactions with them or vice versa have ever had any kind of sympathy. Um, Finn's never talked about them in that way. They're always just like the faceless power of the first order. He's never said anything along the lines of, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there are others that feel the same way that I do. He just, you know, he just abandoned them altogether. There wasn't anyone in the first order that he could turn to when he went looking for Poe. Okay, um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to, you know, come at you with the This is fine. This the, is fine. opposition. Okay. Have you read Before the Awakening? No. Okay, so Before the Awakening, for those who don't know, is a novel that was released on the same day as The Force Awakens that follows it's like a it's a set of three basically short stories of Finn Poe and Ray before and the one of Ray is quite famous because it's like highly analyzed and the fact that that's where she kind of learned to fly from a simulator mm-hmm. but the the one with Finn focuses on his friendship with the stormtroopers and I'm not going to give it all away but mm-hmm. there's you know it, it does like talk about his his living situation and then the second point that I'm going to make is there's a couple of deleted scenes in The Last Jedi of um, obviously a lot of Finn in the supremacy was cut, um, which we we know from seeing this those deleted scenes. I forgot about this deleted scene. And there's one where I think it is. I think it's not. Is it Dan? No, it's not Daniel Craig. It's no. a prince. Is it? Isn't it no, a prince? No, it's. Um, I think it's Will who like yeah. slaps Finn on the butt. Yeah, but there's like the weird Southern stormtrooper. Yes. So there's that too. So there's like, there's, there's a lot of 
interactions. And then on top of that, there's that deleted scene with the extended Phasma fight, Mm -hmm. which feels like they cut that to hopefully make room for a bigger stance in the next film. And the extended Phasma fight kind of has the stormtroopers you know, I think I don't remember the lines because it's just a deleted scene. I haven't seen it as many times as I've seen the full movie. But I think Finn says something like, how could you, you know, you guys like this is your leader, like something like that. And the stormtroopers kind of look at her or like, oh, no, Finn says something about how Phasma was like thrown into the trash compactor and like blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the stormtroopers that surround her that are her stormtroopers are like kind of look at her in like a questioning way like there's like a cock of the head and everything um so it's there there are those seeds of doubt that i think maybe this is me being an optimist because i think that scene is great i want that sort of sentiment to be expanded in episode nine and i feel like there's serious room for it yeah, no, I you're right. I forgot about those scenes. I will say that those are deleted scenes. And so those sentiments aren't really a part of the film canon. Which I, I agree. Think. I agree. But we do have the book, like you mentioned. And I don't yeah. think it's that far. I mean, I think the it, what would be interesting is if the Stormtrooper uprising actually ends up being plot A. Um, and it's not this like side plot, you know, Canto Bite-esque thing for that Finn's doing on his own, you know? And what would be even cooler is if it was something that kind of started organically within the First Order on its own, and then Finn, you know, sees it and is like, oh, this is happening. And everyone's like, well, they're the the stormtroopers. And he's like, but I was a stormtrooper. Yeah. Like, we have to give them a chance as well. I think that would be cool. I think there's going to be that, like (laughs) – if JJ was smart, there would be that kind of. <laughs> if JJ, I, uh, we know <laughs> we're smart, and if JJ was smart too, <laughs> I mean, I feel like there would just be that kind of recognition. Like, okay, Finn was a stormtrooper, Ray was a scavenger, and then there's that like elephant in the room of, um, the fact that Ray has like essentially a relationship with Kylo Ren at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And that that she knows who he is and everything. And, you know, not only that, but Finn also knows who Kylo Ren is and Finn knows how the first order works. And like, I think that we've seen that in, in the movie a lot about like, I know the inner workings. I was a janitor, whatever. But like, I think that there's, there could be that like greater realization of all these different people of like how close they are to the first order. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Does, I can't remember. Does Rose know that Finn is a stormtrooper? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Um, the, the catalyst for her, like, kind of, I think that she holds that a little bit of resentment for Finn being a stormtrooper in the novelization. I might be wrong about that, but I think that she's like, oh, you're just running away, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you care about his Ray. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's kind of like that for I was kind of likening it to do people know that Kylo Ren is Ben Solo kind of thing. Um, but I'm I'm sure it's Pope honestly, Poe probably told everyone about who he was. So he's probably I think, just well, spreading it around. Well, I think he did. I think he did yeah. immediately with Leia too. Yeah. In, in, in the beginning. It seems like everyone knows. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, and he talked about it in front of the whole Yeah group. So Okay, what's your theory? My theory is happy endings for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go into it. Um, Basically, well, basically, I just kind of, this theory is I just wanted to go through what I think a happy ending 
looks like for all of our characters because I really do think that this is where this trilogy has to be headed, especially if this is the end of the Skywalker saga as a whole, as a nine-part series. Good Lord, nine parts. Um, I really do think that happy endings are where this story has to end. And I mean, we've seen Ryan Johnson kind of tweeting this about this a little bit recently, actually, about the hashtag darker middle chapter. Like, it's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the reason that perhaps some of the reason why The Last Jedi feels so dark is because it is so dark and it does end on a real bummer. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, you have to have this darkness and this weight in order for the victory and the happy ending in episode nine to feel that much sweeter because they've come through all of this hardship. Um, But so I've kind of gone through what I think is a happy ending for each of the characters. So let me know if you agree or disagree. So for Ray, I really think kind of all of them, I think having a belonging is what a happy ending looks like. But especially for Ray, I mean, this was like her – like her tagline in The Force Awakens, the belonging you seek is ahead of you. And I think that's going to be a really big part. And for so long, Rey has thought that her belonging was on Jakku waiting for her family. And The Last Jedi was about kind of letting go of that belief and acknowledging that her family is not where she belongs and it's not important to her anymore. And then episode nine is going to be, okay, what is belonging to me? Um, And figuring that out. For Ben Solo, please note the use of the name Ben Solo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think his happy ending is not letting the past die, of learning to differentiate between letting things go and moving on and also accepting and acknowledging where he comes from. Uh, and Laura Santeca kind of alluded to this in The Force Awakens as well. You know, when he's talking to Kylo and he says, um, you cannot deny the truth that is your family. And I think once Kylo Ren stops doing that, he can – I don't know. It's like this weight will be lifted off of him. Once he lets go of the weight of Vader and accepts the legacy of Anakin Skywalker and Luke and Leia and Han – that's when the pieces will start to click for him and when he can finally start to have an identity that is both tied to them but also separate from them, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Totally. And then for Finn, I really think it is having an identity, also another form of belonging and like a place to be and people to be with. Um, and as I was kind of thinking this through, I thought it was really interesting how all of our characters have – these three main characters anyway, all have these issues with their name and like who they are. And there really is a lot of power in their name. Like Ray, it was always this question mark of, you know, what's her last name? Is it Skywalker? Is it Kenobi? Da, 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 da. And it's just Ray. And it, like it's always been just Ray because her last name isn't important. And now – but to Ray, Ray has always wanted a last name effectively, Right. But right. it's going to be about her realizing that she doesn't need a last name and she's strong enough on her own to just be Rey. And then with Ben Solo, it's like hiding under the shield of Kylo Ren. That's not his mm-hmm. true name. And then with Finn, he never even had a name. It was FN2187 and Finn was just given to him by Poe. But I think episode nine is him going to really be like forming his own identity now that he is entrenched and excited about the resistance. I think that's going to be a big part of him. And maybe it's with the Stormtrooper Uprising too. Like maybe that's a part of it too. And I think that would be great if it is. 
Yeah, and I, I, I just want to add, and yeah. that kind of goes back to not letting the past die fully, is if, you know, Finn was able to completely move on from his past as the First Order, but able to, like, look at it in retrospect and say, like, how can I help and inspire the people that I knew my entire life there? Yeah. And come yeah. come into my own name, Finn, not FN2187, but embrace that past of who I was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just really want it to happen. I'm very attached to it. I mean, I don't hate <laughs> it. I don't hate it. Um, then the two that I was having a little bit of a – not problem with, but just um, hadn't worked through entirely were Rose and Poe. And maybe that's because I'm not 100% sure who I ship them with. <laughs> I <just laughs> ship them all together. <laughs> um but what does a happy ending look like for them, especially with someone like Poe, who was given so much more character development and screen time in episode seven, eight than he had in episode seven? You know, what does that look like? Is that him kind of taking on the mantle of the resistance? And, you know, is Poe the kind of person who could be a Leia um, when it's all said and done, when the First Order is toppled um could he have that kind of influence would he be the best person for that and for rose is it just kind of being like being this hero like like to have someone come up to her and be like oh you're rose i know about you you know like you've done all these great things is that what a happy ending looks like for her you know i'm not really sure for those two yet um, I think, and this maybe leads into like a leak that I've read, but I think that it's some there. There's something interesting about the Poe character at this point because, you know, the Last Jedi was really great in a lot of different aspects in that it really fleshed out the arcs of like our B characters, right? So like we have a really strong arc of Finn understanding where he is and Poe like learning his lesson, right? Yeah, and I do think that they're potentially is something there about how he changes the Haldo line at the very end. Um, We are the spark that will light the fire that will burn the first order down versus um, the Haldo line originally that he took it from was the ending wasn't burn the first order down. It was instead restore the Republic and burn the first order down is quite violent. Yes. And it's like, Okay, um, what does that mean for Poe as a character at the end, right? Yes, I do think he has the potential to be a Leia figure, but will we see him go in the extreme direction? I think that is something to consider because he has is coming to the point of being a leader and like maybe episode nine will raise these questions about like what is truly good and what is truly bad, which is obviously a theme that we've seen throughout this entire saga, right? Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. especially this trilogy. And it's like, will he push things too far? I don't know. I think that it's kind of wide open for Poe at this point. Mm -hmm. But I do like, I keep going back to that changing of the line. If if there wasn't going to be some sort of change in Poe in episode nine in terms of his leadership skills, I don't think he would have changed the line or Ryan wouldn't have written it that way. Yeah, it is. It's it's much more, um, it's a more intense line. And it, it's it's aggressive. Yeah, it is. It's a very you see what he's saying when he says exactly. It, you know, and he says it obviously with conviction. And so did Haldo. Yeah, but it was yeah. it, it. 
Haldos came from a, the same place that I think Leia came from, right? About like restoring mm-hmm. the Republic and everything was for like co- going back to those roots of the Republic. And maybe, you know, episode nine doesn't ever go back to the Republic, but they create something new. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that it's something that I've been pondering for a couple months. Yeah. Well, it's kind of it, almost in a way, and I don't know if this is a loose parallel or what, but Rosen's line, of course, you know, this is how we win, not by stopping what we hate, but by saving what we love. Leia and Haldo's line is kind of saving what we love, uh, mm-hmm. you know, reinstating the Republic, the democracy. Um, whereas, you know, stopping what we hate, that's fighting, kind of, what, we hate. fighting what we hate, um, is kind of more what Poe is saying there, you know, burning the First Order down. Um, but maybe that's where his balance comes in, is maybe doing something really drastic in order to get to the place where he can restore the public and republic, and maybe it ends up being a situation <laughs> where he doesn't even have to do that because you know the you know something like the stormtrooper uprising is something that ends up happening happening organically within the first order, even without the resistance kind of intervening. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could. It definitely could. I guess I, I've always seen kind of a shift, especially, you know, depending on what happens with Leia, of Poe kind of taking Leia's position and um, mentality a little bit more, and then Finn kind of moving into the Poe role as far as, um, like, being a little rash in his decisions for the Resistance now that he's found this love for it. Right. So since we're on that line from Rose, do you want to go into your next theory? Yeah. Um, so that's how we win, not by fighting what we hate, but by saving who we love. What we love. What we love. Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> who, what, what's in a name, what's in a rose, what's the name <laughs> of a rose, would smell as sweet. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, this, this is one of the last lines of The Last Jedi, and I think you have to pay attention to it. And I feel like no matter how you feel about Rose as a character, this is a really specific line that Ryan Johnson and Lucasfilm as a lar- uh, at large wanted in this movie. It's very – like it's like a tattoo waiting to be happened and waiting to be made. You know what I mean? Um And for me, I really think this is such a larger theme for the whole trilogy as a whole, but especially, you know, when it comes down to Ben Solo and Rey of Jakku. Um, And, you know, we've said this before and we'll say this for the next 18 months, but it's not Rey's job to bring Ben Solo back. Like she's already done her part for him and it's up to him to save himself and I think part of that is learning to love himself and that sounds really hokey I know like I hear the words coming out of my own mouth like Ben needs to learn how to love himself like do some (laughs) (laughs) self-care I want Ben to go to a spa (laughs) right but like he really does you know and that's what I was talking about earlier like for for Kylo Ren to have his happy ending he needs to learn how to let go of the legacy of Vader and accept the belonging of his family and the love of his family and uh but that's something he has to do on his own especially because a lot of his family isn't here anymore um and ray has shown him the beginning of that but she knows that she can't do it for him anymore and now kylo is on his own and he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of he's gonna have a lot of reflection he's gonna have some self-care time like he just needs to journal it out (laughs) um he really does 
Yeah. And I think it's cool that Ray kind of gets to be a part of that journey and, you know, the saving what we love. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, sometimes that means, you know, tough love. And I think that's kind of what we're going to see maybe in episode nine some, but that it really does come down to Ben Solo learning to accept himself again and, you know, taking off the mantle of Kylo Ren. Definitely. I'm with you. I agree. I really want that to happen. Okay. So I have a wild theory. I really like this wild theory too. It's not that wild. I've mentioned it maybe 5,000 times. (laughs) really like it. Okay, so everyone knows I'm really attached to Hux staging a coup. I think it's going to happen. I need a t-shirt that says Hux is totally going to stage a coup. Like it's happening. <laughs> but I like taking it a step further, I think that like maybe it'll be really cool. Okay, so this is the next the next film episode nine opens with like a slight time jump and we see Hux and instead of Kylo Ren in power, instead of the Remperor, we have Hux in power because he has staged a coup or we're just opening to him staging a coup on Kylo Ren, who's like broken, you know, triggered bad. And has not gone to the spa yet. No, no spa. And Hux throws him in like basically like this like force prison and Kylo's only link to the outside world and like to get help is Ray because they are force bonded. And this kind mm-hmm. of goes into the whole idea of the registering of fate, which I, I feel like we've talked on the battle on the show before, right? I need to go back and listen to our older episodes and kind of re- revisit like what we've talked about and what like we've texted about personally, Caitlin. <laughs> I know. It's like but- have we texted or podcasted about it? Don't yeah. <laughs> Um, well, this is a thing that, you know, months before the movie came out when Ryan was maybe even writing The Last Jedi and working on the script and everything, he tweeted a bunch of different images of red string. And we see throughout The Last Jedi that, you know, not only are Ray and Kylo force bonded and attached basically on a string together. But there's this overall theme and mention of the fact that the first order has the resistance tied on a string and all these different things is all, you know, that's kind of the red is such the a theme. prominent color. Red is such a huge prominent color in, in the last Jedi. Right. So it's, it's no mistake that um, Ryan tweeted that. So this just goes back to the whole, like, I don't think the force bond is over because the definition of the red string of fate is two people connected by a red thread are destined lovers, regardless of a place, time, or circumstances. This magical cord may stretch or tangle, but never break. This myth is similar to the Western concept of soulmate. Um, and it, it it's, it's a Chinese tradition, um, which obviously... Star Wars is heavily influenced by that sort of lore. And I I, I just think that potentially <laughs> there's going to be a dire circumstance that Kylo Ren is in that potentially like Ray may be able to help with due to the force connection that they have. That's already so interesting. I think that even haters of The Last Jedi would say that that's the most interesting part of The Last Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like, they're, I don't think they're going to throw it away. And I think that maybe... I, I just I have this strong feeling that Hux is obviously up to no good that that 
you know, smirk at the end means something. And oh, yeah. I think that he witnessed Kylo at his weakest, in, especially in power as the emperor or whatever, the supreme leader. Um, that it's it's just not going to go over well for him. And I hope Hux. that there's there's an exploration of the Force as it goes. Hux is so done with Kylo's ish. Like, he's 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 over it. <laughs> he's so over it. He's over it. What, what's interesting is if how this fits into the Stormtrooper theory. Um, because obviously if Hux is going to overthrow Kylo, he's going to need some manpower. Because obviously he has none himself (laughs) that's been very obvious through his interactions with kylo and with snoke so he's gonna have to have people on his side so i wonder if you know if we open at the start of this coup and then the stormtroopers realize that they're kind of done with hux as well at this point and then leave hux too and that's kind of Mm -hmm. the end of Hux's story but kylo ben solo gets out um (laughs) but i really i like this theory a lot and i love the idea that it's almost like you could open back up this force bond and raise just you know can you know can we not do this right now and then you know she turns around and sees kylo in this like really compromised situation and is like okay wait a second what's happening and he has to tell her or i wonder even if like what if he couldn't – like, what if the Force Bond was, like, one-sided and, like, something was, cut, like, cutting Kylo off from the Force so Ray could see him but he couldn't see her mm-hmm. and so they couldn't actually communicate with each other in that moment? I don't know. I don't know. Just, just the think, wheels are turning in my head. <laughs> I think this this trilogy has pushed – the the force weirdness so much that it can get yeah. even weirder from here and i'm just so excited to see what they do because they're not going to abandon this they can't they just no, can't. i definitely don't think they can but i guess i'm like seeing this situation where you know you're right hux has created staged this coup kylo is imprisoned and maybe this is where he's doing like all of this self-care <laughs> some of it anyway <laughs> And, you know, the force bond opens and Ray starts, you know, talking or, you know, telling him to go away or something like that and then realizes that he can't hear her. And then she starts listening in on whatever, like him talking to himself, essentially. Right. I think this it would be so great. This is the fanfic waiting to be written. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, all of these theories are grounded in nothing. So they're all they're all fanfics waiting to happen. but that's the best part about this right now is that we have nothing to go on besides like maybe these like small leaks that are like sound so fake yeah yeah (laughs) they sound really they're they're just as legit as what we're saying right now (laughs) (laughs) i totally um but yeah i think the i mean for as much as jj has praised ryan's script in the last jedi i think things like the the force bond i think they're gonna stay the red string of fate i hope continues to have a presence uh like that foundation that ryan kind of put into the last jedi because i think and that you know that was obviously built on some level into the force awakens as well or ryan wouldn't have taken it where he did in the last jedi so i hope that we get to see more of that too yeah me too Okay, so my – this isn't really a theory. I really just want to talk about it because I 
Ray's storyline in episode nine is the one that I've thought the most about, but I feel like I keep coming up blank on what I think is going to happen to her in episode nine. And I've said it before on the show, but Ray's storyline is not finished, but it's just like, I don't see her being tempted by the dark side in the same way she was in The Last Jedi. Like, I think she's, she's pretty, she pretty firmly knows who she is now. I don't see her having another kind of identity crisis, um, being super tempted by the dark side. I could definitely see Rey learning how to use the dark side to her advantage while not succumbing to it because she she opened that part of herself up when she went into the dark side cave and through her conversations with Kylo. So I think that's definitely going to be a part of her now, but I feel like she's had her really big like emotional trial in The Last Jedi that I don't know if they're going to do something like that again in episode nine as far as like her personally and her identity. Like I'm sure she's going to have a lot of emotional conversations with Finn and Kylo and, you know, maybe with Leia. Um, but I don't – like I I guess I think she's going to be so much more focused on the Force side of things after everything, everything that she's learned in The Last Jedi that I wonder how – I wonder exactly what her role will be in the resistance going forward. I mean, yes. I think that it, it is a kind of a question mark about like her place in the resistance, as we just mentioned and talked about how Poe Fo. is <laughs> essentially the head of the resistance at this point, especially knowing Carrie, Carrie Fisher's passing and everything, not really sure where Leia, you know, her character stands at this point. And I think that it's like, okay, well, Ray comes into the next story with, like, a lot of baggage, right? Yeah. Like, she has just, you know, kind of accepted that she she's doesn't, you know, her parents are uh, filthy drunk traders dead in a pauper's grave in the Jakku can Desert. Just, can I just say that I love how anytime we say quotes like this, we have to say the whole quote. <laughs> Always. <laughs> like with Finn and the quote about, um, you know, taken, taken from a family. Never never there are filthy drunk traders. Soldier for drinking money. <laughs> like, like always. Comes up, just have to go through the whole little bit. <laughs> it's so good. That's why. Okay. I'm sorry. And, finish the bit. Um, But, it, and then she goes into this, like her, you know, the, la- the, the novelization goes into this a little bit about how Finn is kind of worried and Rose is kind of knowing about how Rey is going to come back changed. Rey is going to come back like a big, strong Jedi. And she didn't necessarily come back like a big, strong Jedi. She still has a lot to learn. And I think that's going to be explored a lot in episode nine. They made the point of like showing the books and, you know, mm-hmm. she doesn't really have like a fully formed like training situation. Um, not that she needs one necessarily. Like, I don't know if the movie has to do that, but I do think that the exploration and the, the further like education of the forest has to happen in some way. But mm-hmm. she comes into this like with this huge secret that she, you know, basically she she and Kylo Ren killed Snoke together. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. Kylo Ren killed her, but, you know, the galaxy seems to think that Kylo Ren, oh no, that Ray killed Snoke, you know? That's so, what, well, yeah, and that's what Kylo said. So it's like, yeah, you know? so is she going to come back to the resistance at this point? And everyone's going to be like, oh my God, have you heard that Ray killed Snoke? Ray, what was that like? Like, oh my God, you're such a hero. And she's like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just I need this conversation between Ray and Finn talking about what happened on the supremacy. It's gonna happen. It has it's, to happen because it's it's this huge secret so and like even emotional. And, you know, that kind of brings up another theory that I don't have written in our little show notes here. But, I, you know, they, they made a point in the novelization to say that there were cameras in the elevator. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so what's going to happen? So if Hux stages a coup, like, does that play into it? Does some sort of footage, like found footage situation of, like, them in an elevator? What comes out? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's cameras everywhere, essentially. So it's it's like... Oh my gosh. <laughs> there's I there's, wonder <laughs> there's just a lot. <laughs> there is. And they're like <laughs> in just like <laughs> in some parody um future of episode nine, it's just Kylo like handcuffed to a chair and Hux like rewinding the All right, where are we going with this? <laughs> of, of like okay. Ray and Kylo in the elevator and he's like, So when she stepped closer to you, what was she saying? <laughs> was it <laughs> I'm going to kill you or I'll help you because it really looks like I'll help you. <laughs> and I'd be like, what's and he's like, that puppy dog face <laughs> look on your face? <laughs> Did she just call you Ben? <laughs> Care to explain to me who Ben is? <laughs> Kylo Ren? <laughs> and I'd be like, exhibit A. <laughs> The elevator. <laughs> or ex- actually, exhibit A is going to be when she first arrives in the coffin and they banter about the lightsaber. And Kylo says, you're in no position to negotiate with a slight smile on the corner of his lips. <laughs> oh, man. And Hux will be like, what exactly did you mean by that? <laughs> Supreme leader. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's like fodder for like insane stuff to happen because they all have secrets and it's going to come out because that's what happens in Star Wars, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Man. Okay. I have another wild theory. Okay, go. Okay. So my other wild theory is that we open on Kylo Ren doing some like unspeakable, terrible things as the the Supreme Leader – and then, like, 15 to 20 minutes into the movie, we realized that, like, it actually wasn't that terrible at all. And, like, we're kind of, like, flipped on our heads about um, the circumstances of which that this certain act, like, was. And we wonder, like, is Kylo Ren as a ruler a good ruler? Like, how, do, how are we supposed to feel about him in this, like, extremely villainous state at this point? This is obviously if, like, the coup doesn't happen just yet. Mm-hmm. But what does um, this kind of what does this look like though of something that we, I don't know? Okay, I don't know. I just like I have this idea in my mind of like being totally flipped on our expectations for like Kylo Ren as this like violent leader. Mm-hmm. If he remains the leader, and like what does that even look like? Like, is it is there a potential that you know he is like kind of kind like is he is there a potential for us as an audience to be like huh like maybe he's like doing some good like who knows you know do you know what i mean he's boosting the economy yeah like maybe he is boosting the economy (laughs) like you never know you never and like at this point the resistance is like so small it's the millennium falcon legit Mm -hmm. that like they're kind of like uh like oh wait what like he's kind of what's going on and like they lose people and it like kind of dwindles down i don't know i have no idea 
What I could kind of see happening in a similar vein to that is if everything in the First Order just kind of comes to a halt because Kylo doesn't really want to be doing what the First Order should be doing. And rather Mm -hmm. than completely, at the beginning of the film anyway, rather than completely start, you know, boosting the economy wherever he goes, he's just going to opt to do nothing um, to not hurt or not harm or to not hurt or help um, people. It'll just kind of be like, I don't know. I can, I can just kind of see him not knowing what to do because he doesn't, I mean, cause we, we know from the force awakens that he was against Starkiller base firing on Hosni and prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wasn't exactly a great leader from the little bit that he was a leader in the last Jedi. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, he was objective. Totally missed. <laughs> <laughs> mission failure <laughs> and Extreme so, failure. I wonder if you know Hugs would keep bringing up like oh we think they're here we th- you know we think the resistance is here or um you know I can just see Hugs like storming in and being like why did you stop all the mining on these planets or something like that you know like we need this core and Kylo was like stop asking me questions Like, literally, whatever. Yeah, and just, (laughs) like, flings him out of the room, you know? But it's because Kylo doesn't want to be doing that, but he doesn't know how – like, Kylo himself doesn't know how to dismantle the First Order, so he's just, Mm -hmm. like, not doing anything. Well, I mean, it goes back to his, you know, the Jedi, the Sith, uh, the Rebellion, the Empire, like, let it all die. Like, Mm -hmm. it it kind of goes back to that whole, like, uh, let let, really let that part die. Let all the politics of that die like we don't need that let's move forward with something else like why are we continuing to do everything in the vein of the past Mm -hmm. which is what the first order first order is it's like everything but like slightly better yeah right everything the empire did but like shinier and like newer and bigger yeah and it's like what if what if kylo was like yeah forget that like why are we doing this this is the shadow of the past i'm not the shadow of darth vader yeah but he doesn't – it's not how he wanted because he wanted Ray with him. And exactly. No um, – there's he's got no chutzpah behind his actions. Zero chutzpah. Zero chutzpah. <laughs> no okay, chutzpah what's your, what's your next theory? Um, my next theory is a really small theory. It's just a detail. But I want Ray's new lightsaber to be – the one that she fixes, Anakin and Luke's, to be uh, jagged like Kylo's is, but hers is blue. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I want them to parallel each other, light and dark. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so cool. Right. Because like, they're both like kind of a little bit, off. you know. Yeah. Oh, man. I just – I <laughs> oh, man, I love it. So, like, can you imagine when that thing ignites and it looks like Kylo's, but it's blue? Do you want, a, like, a cross guard? No, no, no. It's going to be – because it's going to be Anakin's and Luke's. And either she – I don't know, like, if she'll take the Kyber crystal out and fashion a new hilt or if she'll fix the old hilt. I feel like she'll fix the old hilt. She has to fix the old hilt. It's, like, it's classic. I really want Rey to have her own lightsaber, but I also – like, this image in my head of, like, a mad – like, oh, that poster of Rey and Kylo back-to-back with Rey uh, with her blue Kylie lightsaber and Kylo with his red Kylie lightsaber – like, oh, it'd be so great. It'd be so great. And I think that, that I mean, that goes to the theme of like fashioning yeah. the old for the new and exactly. like making it your own, which is the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And that like darkness and imperfection exists everywhere, whether you're on the light side or the dark side. 
Wow, I really want this. I right, <laughs> but I I really I love the blue lightsaber. I love Ray with the blue lightsaber. So like, I do too. It's gonna be it's the it's the it's gonna be blue. It's just gonna be <laughs> jagged. Yeah. You're acting like it's a new lightsaber. It's not. That's the point. It's the old lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. So that's my. I just I'm ready for all that fan art that comes out with those images. I'm ready for Kylo to see that lightsaber. I'm just I'm ready for all of it. Okay, so this is my major theory to present here. Okay. Are you ready for this? Because we've talked about this, Keelan. So like we don't need to pretend that we have it. I know. <laughs> like oh, we've well, I've, ta- I've talked about this on, a lot. Charlotte, tell me. <laughs> like I think all right, I'm just gonna start it off. So in the for- the Force Awakens, when after Kylo kills Han Solo and Chewie gets mad and shoots Kylo with his bowcaster. And the whole thing in the novelization, it goes into this about how Kylo basically uses the force to not allow that like bullet or whatever to like kill him. And I think that there's something there. Um, I think that there's something to uh, you take that idea and the fact that that exists and that's something that can be done in the force um, and kind of apply it to everything we know about the past, like seven films, specifically Revenge of the Sith, which you know, the whole point for Anakin to turn to the dark side was essentially to save Padme's life, right? And he really wanted to stop, learn to stop people from dying. And I think that this could potentially come into play in episode nine in a big way, given Kylo's discussion with the Vader skull in The Force Awakens when he sits in front of it and says, I will finish what you started. And you kind of think back about like, okay, what did Vader really start, right? Like, if you get into the mechanisms of you think, well, like dark dark siders can't like apparate, apparate. Wow, I've been watching a little bit of Harry Potter, yeah, okay. but like you know, appear to <laughs> to to force users. Like the dark siders don't have an afterlife. Um, they they they're not ghosts. Only light side um, Jedi essentially are able to have that power. So it's like who was talking to Kylo in that moment? through the helmet and it's like okay then you start thinking about it and potentially it was snoke like getting into his head and showing him his potential i mean that's that's a separate issue but like i do think that there's something there about like okay so if kylo really wanted to finish what darth vader started what was that literally what was that right like do you have an answer for that because i really don't like there's there's nothing that Darth Vader started. It was the emperor who started it. Darth Vader was essentially like a stooge, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then the only answer in my head is that Anakin wanted to to like stop people from dying. And I think that you know, obviously, he crossed like way too far into the dark side at that point, and it it became selfish. It became a selfish need for power. But what if Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, is able to finish what Anakin started and further balance the Force by learning this power um, to stop people from dying. And in a big way, maybe he saves Rey, maybe Rey saves him with this power. I'm just not sure. I just think that there is definitely some sort of beautiful metaphor there to happen since 
you know, the Ray and Kylo like relationship is so parallel to the Anakin and Padme relationship. It's like everything is happening in reverse that potentially this could be the redeeming factor that, you know, was started in, I, I honestly, episode two, where Anakin was infuriated that his mother died. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, obviously the way that Anakin, and I, I know that I'm going to get comments about this, but the way that Anakin went down this path was awful. But is there a way to go down this path that isn't filled with selfish need? And obviously, Ray is the least selfish person in Star Wars at this point, right? She has this outward compassion for everybody. Mm-hmm. Could this compassion be channeled into this, like, you know, love can help people and stop people from dying? I don't know. You know, I, I, I just think that how incredible would it be if they were able to bring that arc and that story, that nugget from, you know, at the prequels, so literally like six movies before this, back to the end of the saga and then you know it's like this glorious celebration of every movie that came before it i'm with you i'm (sighs) i think it would be so good i think it'd be really good it's the thing i worry about with this theory and this comes from a place of really liking this theory is if it's too convoluted but i don't think it is because i think that People who love Star Wars and recognize where these themes are coming from will immediately recognize it, you know, as something that happened in the prequels. And Mm -hmm. if not, it's something that I think can be inferred just with the sequel trilogy on its own. Because, again, we have comments like from Rose, you know, saving what we love. And I think that could play a really big part into it. Obviously, the Raylo fandom community has a lot of theories about like these parallels to Anakin and Padme. And but there also there's also a subset of the Raylo fandom that I feel like doesn't really like those parallels, but I feel like a lot of them do. I know I do. Um because I think it's a big draw for me, honestly. And I've said that yeah. since the beginning. Yeah. Like, I mean it's the real reason why I'm into it. Yeah. And I mean you have to if you don't for me, it doesn't make any sense to, at the end of The Last Jedi, to have this really explicit visual parallel to Revenge of the Sith between a married couple. Like, the language is, it's almost verbatim the same. And you have to wonder why they're doing that. Um, for the two very monumental scenes between Anakin and Padme and Kylo and Rey happen with very similar language and in very similar settings and visually look the same. And Mm -hmm. it's like, why? (laughs) That's not, you know, with Star Wars, you can't just do those kinds of things offhandedly. They have to have a greater meaning. And we've said this before too. It's like, unfortunately, that was the end of Kylo or of uh, Anakin and Padme's story. Um, that was where their story ended. Whereas for Kylo and Ray, this is the middle part. Um, their story's not over yet. They have another chapter. And I think I think this idea of saving of saving people from death could come into it. Cause that that really would take the force to a whole new level that we've never seen before. Because I think I think a lot of people probably with Palpatine have – and I, I have too – have kind of speculated that maybe, you know, he's just kind of toying with Anakin. Like he doesn't really know how to do it uh, to save people from death. And we kind of see that – well, I won't say that. Um, you know, that maybe Palpatine doesn't really know how to do that. But he's telling Anakin what he wants to hear because he knows what Anakin's fears are. Um 
Because, I mean, if Anakin had seen Padme after he was in the Vader suit, like, I wonder what would have happened. I know. I mean, I always wonder that. That's, yeah. like, stuff fanfic is made of. Yeah. The thing is, is at the end of the day, if, you know, love can bring someone back from the dark side, is it possible that love and the Force could, like, bring someone back from death? I mean, I don't know, but I do think that that entire concept is completely rooted in fairy tale, which this, you know, sequel trilogy has kind of like hit you over the head with these fairy tale like motifs, right? From Bridal Carey to, you know, Snowy Forest to like regular Enchanted Forest and like, you know, to the prince that is revealed when it's 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 stuff like this where I'm like, oh, that's so fairy tale-y. That's so like love will bring them back. Yeah, like true love's kiss kind of thing. And not only that, but like that's a theme that happened at the end of Return of the Jedi. Like it's not it's it's not really out of the box mm-hmm. and i think that you know with the fact that ryan johnson completely like steeped himself in revenge of the sith and he said that in an interview he watched it every night and in the right commentary. in the commentary he said it all the time that like all right well then why is that important and like you said like it, it means something but like is it specifically revenge of the sith the entire plot point of revenge of the sith was that anakin turns to the dark side for this one specific reason so i don't know I think that there's something there, and it's my favorite theory, and I'm very, very attached to it. I'm very I, attached. I'm, I'm clearly attached to all these theories that I put down because <laughs> I keep all saying it. All of these it. things can't happen in one film. I mean, I guess they could. Um, it would be a bad film, bad yeah. movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that's a great point, though, with Luke at the end. It's like these – everything in these films happens because of love and mm-hmm. of either a mishandling of love or a celebration of it. Anakin falls to the dark side because of a mishandling of his love and that turned into and was obsession with Padme. But for as much as Anakin's downfall was brought about by love, he was also saved by love. Mm -hmm. And I think that's already a part of Kylo's story. You know, his parents loved him so much and tried to do what they thought was best for him, you know, by sending him with Luke. But – that wasn't that wasn't the kind of love Ben Solo needed at that juncture in his life. But there was still love there. And that love has never yeah. left, you know? Yeah. Um, and Han Solo makes it very clear that he still loves his son. And mm-hmm. even though Leia same with Leia, same with Leia in that that one spot when um Kylo was gonna pull the trigger. Yeah. And in the novelization, it makes it very clear that Kylo is expecting to feel anger and hate and instead you know it feels he feels love and sadness Mm -hmm. yeah so all of those things are still there um Mm -hmm. and ready for him right you know so it's got to happen something something like that has got to happen love has to be a central theme of episode nine whether or not it looks like these theories or something completely different um, but I think it has to be, and I think, I mean, we've we already talked about this last episode, but like the the ending of the Skywalker line is not something we really see um, happening or really want to happen. But you know, of course, that's our bias sneaking into this mm-hmm. discussion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think love has to play a central role in this, and I think for a lot of our characters, it's about learning to love who they are now. Like with Ray, learning to love that she doesn't have a last name and that she doesn't need one. With Finn 
learning to love his place in the resistance and really delving into it. And with Ben, it's about learning to love Ben Solo again. So I just have one more theory and then maybe we should, you know, cut to the next section because we've been talking a long time. Yeah. Um, but I do think and I need, I need really um, <laughs> them to cover the other part of the vision in The Force Awakens, the force back. Um, will the shared vision um, – Is it even a force back if it happens in episode nine because then it's just a vision? I don't know because like some – some yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> And well, it's partially a vision, right? Because she yeah. sees Kylo Ren in the future and that hadn't happened yet and everything. So it's like, okay, so will that part where she's lying on the ground and Kylo is surrounded by the Knights of Ren and will we see the Knights of Ren? Who knows? Um, That's will, so low on my priority list. <laughs> I know it is so low for you. I think it's kind of a cool thing. I and think maybe it is like, too. I'll be, I'll be okay if it's not there though. You know what I think would be, uh, you know what? I think it would be really cool if we saw like, the Knights of Ren pop up somewhere else, maybe in Resistance. You know, I'm not sure. Mm, yeah. Anyway, um, I I just really want this, like, that specific part of the vision that, like, has no context at this point of them in the rain, um, right on the ground to, like, have more context. And I think it's going to. I don't think that that's something that JJ would, like, excuse because now he's back, uh, you know, covering that part of you know, the last film he made in Star Wars. I think that there is definite room for closure for that scene, which is like pretty confusing and kind of, I don't know. I'm not sure. See, I think they'll leave that vision alone and kind of more conclusively define and close out the Last Jedi vision between Kylo and Rey. Yeah. Like, we'll see some form of that. I think I think the Force back and Force Awakens will be, like, Luke's vision in Empire Strikes Back. It just – it's just always going to be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I agree with that. Yeah. I do – but I do think they'll talk about some vision will come to pass, whether it's the Force back or the Last Jedi or it's, like, a combo of both. Um, I will. Th- I do think they'll address Kylo and Rey's visions because even now, more than ever after Last Jedi, I'm convinced that like the Force back was at least partly a shared vision. Maybe they'll have a scene in the rain in the dark, and it'll be like slightly off from that vision. But it's like that's the location that we're supposed to feel about that original vision. Yeah, maybe they'll be. Maybe they'll be on the jungle planet that I keep. <laughs> pushing for yeah where's my jungle planet you know i did realize like solo ends on a jungle planet yeah that doesn't that's like barely a jungle planet it's pretty jungly there's it's, like it's, monkeys it's, <laughs> it's pretty jungly but we're only there for 30 seconds <laughs> true okay? that's not and there was no rain <laughs> ray in the rain mm-hmm. so yeah anyway but yeah, I think I think they'll they could combine both of them. But I think we'll get at least some more closure, if not complete closure, on one of them. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So let's move on to part two. Okay, so welcome to part two, where we're gonna go through our like a, a numbered list of our big <laughs> wishes in episode nine. Okay. Do you wanna start? Yeah. So number one comes as no surprise, it's Raylo. <laughs> this is our big wish. This is this is our big wish. Um and it really should come as no surprise because it's us. 
And uh, that's where we are. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, obviously, like listening back to the last segment, if you have, like this is – Kylo and Rey is where we've always put the most emphasis in our Star Wars journey in the sequel trilogy. If you go back to all of our backlog, like Kylo and Rey are always the people we talk the most about when it comes to the sequel trilogy, save for me talking about Luke Skywalker. Um, Other than that, like it's Kylo and Rey. And The Last Jedi, their fates are intertwined. We're big believers that the Force vision at the end of The Last Jedi was not a hang-up, was not a – was not a cut line, but just like a hang up <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, that it will be coming back around. There's no way that I think that Kylo and Ray could ever like battle each other. Um, again, maybe, maybe it starts out if that way. If they do, it's like tearful. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe they feel like they have to, or they're so frustrated at each other. Um, but there's no way they could ever like hurt each other again. Um, and I do think that like, I think whether it's explicitly romantic, you know, they're just force soulmates and there's nothing romantic to it. I think their fates are intertwined and I think they live or die together. I agree. I think this is where my past theory of like the Anakin stop people from dying thing kind of comes in again too. I think it could be both of them that like have this power together. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, obviously we also – our big wish – this is big wishes. Our big wishes for romantic Raylo. It's a big wish. It's a big wish. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you listeners. <laughs> it's a big wish. Okay. We'll be happy without two. Kind but of. the next one, we're not going to be happy if it doesn't happen. <laughs> I wish you were all here so we could all say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. Redeem Ben Solo. <laughs> I hope you said it into your headphones. (laughs) Right, we won't spend that long on this because obviously we talk about this maybe to death. Like, there's like a grave that says "Redeem Ben Solo" and like it's our conversations. Yeah, yeah. Here lie the sky talkers. Hopefully, Ben Solo was redeemed. (laughs) Comma and Rilo. (laughs) Comma Rilo. With a playlist of all our favorite fan bids <laughs> attached to the headstone. You just press play. <laughs> like an iPad in the yeah. headstone. It's got Wi-Fi. Exactly. Of course it has Wi-Fi. It has to. <laughs> <It's a Wi-Fi. laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, you guys don't need us to talk about this. We've talked about this a million times. But this should probably actually be number one for us. Um, because this is our ride or die big wish. Huge wish. Huge this wish. is like, ha- actually has been my wish before I came attached, be attached to characters like Ray, Finn, Kylo Ren, all those people. Mm-hmm. Hayden Christensen, Force Ghost. <laughs> I like get giggly when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> But like, if it happened, I can feel if you it happened. Oh my god! <laughs> I can feel you blushing from the other side I'm of the straight up blushing. <laughs> like the movie theater isn't ready for that to happen. I will like squawk. <laughs> no, you're gonna throw up again. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm taking like anti nausea medicine. <laughs> you're gonna take some Xanax. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, 
Yeah, I think Aiden Christensen Force Ghost would be great. I'm just thinking back to The Last Jedi when we saw the blue before we saw Yoda and we were both like, oh my God. I think we literally said, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah, we did. And we both <laughs> Aiden Christensen. And it was and like, nope, it's Yoda. I think we like turned halfway through and we were like, it's just Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, I think I also think Luke Skywalker Force Ghost is is obviously on my list. And uh, I can't handle this. this is so funny. <laughs> and uh, obviously, I want a Luke Skywalker Force Ghost too. But it's funny how I'm like <laughs> Christian Force Ghost, and you're, here you are like obviously I want the Luke Skywalker <laughs> Force Ghost. <laughs> you know, why don't we just start a Padme Force Ghost while we're at it? Well, I just I would say that. But it's just not possible. But, like, what if it was? What if it was? You know, Natalie's been very pro Star Wars lately, so. It's so good. You never know. <sighs> anyway, but it I. I this is bad because, like, as my best friend, I want you to have Hayden Christensen on screen again. But I really think, like, if I had to pick between the two for, like, a bill for, like, if it was more likely, it would definitely be, like, Skywalker. Oh, more likely. Yeah, for sure. More powerful. Hayden. I don't know. I <laughs> They're both powerful, but I can't we can't spend the whole movie like flip-flopping between force ghosts. <laughs> I think that a reunion situation, an intervention, a you, Kylo Ren intervention he, would be amazing. And they present him with the journal to journal in and like a foot spa <laughs> for self-help. <laughs> <and Yeah>. foot spa. <laughs> And they're like, hey, Kylo, you should go get the uh, those those books that Ray took. They're not Jedi Order books. They're like self-help books. <laughs> Ask her to borrow one. But like, can you imagine like if a lot of characters from the past films appeared in the final, you know, Skywalker saga film? I think that it would be like the most powerful thing ever. If, even if we got an Obi-Wan like- ghost alongside. No. Um, I think it would be great. I, I, I really do. I think this is when you start getting into those like series finales of long running series where they just keep bringing in like cameo after cameo after cameo. And everyone's like, cameos are great. I want to spend time with my characters. Yeah. Um, and because it's like, oh, do Luke and Anakin appear at the same time? Do they just apparate <laughs> in front of, of Kylo at the same time? And are like, hey, like, did, does Kylo recognize who Anakin is? Is Luke like, hey, this is my father. This is your grandfather. He's got better hair. Um, yeah. I'd lose my damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> Although, let's be honest. Kylo has the best hair out of all three of them. Um, but he mm, definitely gets it from his right. grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think an Anakin force ghost for Kylo Ren, who is so parallel to Anakin's journey and Anakin as a character and is so like visually linked to Darth Vader, I think it would be extremely powerful. I think that, but then again, it's not like Luke didn't say see you around kid. Right? Like, and it's, I, I feel like that's happening for sure. But like, my big wish really is Hayden Christensen. Yeah. And I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I really too. do. But I think, I think there's definitely going to be a Luke Skywalker Force ghost because, like you said, Luke's a see around kid. And I think that's also a really important part of Kylo's journey is having another conversation with Luke. And honestly, maybe Ray's journey as well. This is true. So, yeah, this is true. Um, yeah. Especially if they don't have Leia in it. And and mm-hmm. Kylo can't have a conversation with Leia. Then exactly, Luke is that's the next best thing. That's why I think they will. They might leap to, you know, that 
kind of, I don't know, fill in the gaps a little bit for that. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so our next one is, and we're not going to harp on this at all. I'm literally just going to read it and then we're going to move on. But no Ben Solo death. Okay, so the next one is... (laughs) If you want to hear us talk about this, go listen to our last episode because we talk about this point a lot. So if you want to dive into that, go listen to our last episode. Yeah. Okay. So number five, we really, really want broad connections across the saga. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is the time to do it. They've done it, you know, pretty well in the past. And I think it could be done even more um, in a pretty like tasteful way. I, I need more prequel references, even original trilogy, everything. I just need it throughout. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible. Yeah. Now in this conclusion. I think there have to be. And I think this is how – this is why the Anakin-Padme parallel works so well. Um, because mm-hmm. if you really kind of even drive that more home in Episode Nine, you don't have to do these like Easter egg kind of call-outs. You know what I mean? Uh, because it's built into the story, those kind of broad – connections and storylines that are all connecting through the saga and it's not you know someone you know passing the ruins of dex's diner on coruscant (laughs) like you don't have to do that kind of stuff definitely okay and then our last big wish is we want even more crazy force stuff (laughs) (laughs) the crazier the better crazier the better you guys know we love the force and we love when it gets weird so This, of course, goes back to the save people from dying. Can the Force do that whole thing? Talking more about the cosmic force, um, especially because they dive into it a lot in The Last Jedi novelization. It's a big part of what's been set up in the Disney era of Star Wars, which is something George set up in Clone Wars time, something that was explored in Rebels, and now that we're seeing in the sequel trilogy. I need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I have no doubt that they're going to expand the force more, because from that first shot when Kylo stops that blaster shot in midair from the oh, force, the best moment. that's when you knew that they were going to do different things with the force. And I, I just, I truly have no doubt. I think that the Last Jedi pushed it extremely far, and JJ can only run with it from here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, yeah, and I need it. Need it. Very excited to see where it goes. Thanks, JJ. <laughs> Love Skytalkers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are there any more big wishes, or should we move on to part three? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. All right, welcome to our last part, part three, where we're going to come down from the speculation clouds and talk about our realistic expectations for episode nine. So putting all the crazy theories aside, let's talk about it without our Sky Talker goggles on. <laughs> okay, without the Sky Talker goggles on, and sometimes I swear I'm like extremely gaslit into thinking that none of my hopes and wishes and like what I see in the, these movies are ever going right. to come true. Yeah, and it's just crazy. And I, I think I'm crazy, and it's a really terrible feeling, but I just have to stick with my guts because I don't think we were that wrong about The Last Jedi and and the center story of that either. So 
Um, I will remind you that I completely predicted the last Jedi. <laughs> I know. In our last <laughs> With, without being involved in Raylo at all. I mean, I'm not I don't want to toot our horn, but I just think that there's something there about like that I wanted to comment on about how you know, Kayla and I spend a lot of time on Twitter and the Twitter Star Wars universe. And sometimes we feel like maybe we see things a little differently. And it's it's kind of, I don't know, it's a little, it's it can be really frustrating because then you're like, oh my God, am I seeing Star Wars the way I've always seen Star Wars? Mm-hmm. And it's tough. Yeah. But and, and I, I, what were you going to say? Sorry. Well, I was going to say we put such, obviously we're really passionate about this. We're on a podcast talking about it. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> To think that some of our bigger wishes won't come true, you're just like, oh, wow. Maybe, like, what is that going to mean for me when I walk out of episode nine? If some of I know, these and it's, big it's, it's kind of a scary happen. thing to think about because it that's is. exactly what's happening with a lot of fans with The Last Jedi right now. Mm-hmm. And I never want to feel that way. And I also never, like, where I'm at right now, in <laughs> all honesty, is if. Ben Solo isn't redeemed, I think I would have to really rethink my feelings about this sequel trilogy. I think so, too. It would mean that everything that I've speculated on for the past four years has been completely off base. And not only that, not only were my theories wrong and my interpretation completely wrong, not a little wrong, completely wrong, um, but that this character that I'm super invested in doesn't get a happy ending. And I think that it, would- it goes a little it goes a little further than invested in. Like a lot of people relate to him yeah. and everything. And it's like, okay, well what is that no happy ending then? Yeah. Okay. But I, I I just I also but then I start thinking about it from people's point of view who, you know, are really invested in Luke Skywalker and don't like the direction that his character took and how betrayed they feel and i look at people like that sometimes on twitter who are ranting and raving and i'm like guys chill it's just star wars but right now i'm really happy with my (laughs) where my characters are but if they don't go in that direction direction am i gonna feel like those people feel um and i don't ever want to feel that way about star wars you know even if my big wishes don't come true but right now i know that i'd be I'd be pretty hurt if they didn't. It's also important to note that you're a huge Luke Skywalker fan. Yeah. And you were pretty content with the way that his story went. Oh, right? I love how his story went. But I'm also not a – I'm not like an original 77 Luke Skywalker fan. And yeah. That's honestly where I've seen the biggest dissent. Um, and I know that's a generalization, but that's just been my ob- personal observation. But – I mean, I like the thing is, I could never imagine a film and a storyline where Ben Solo isn't redeemed that I would accept. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Luke, I think because I love like Luke and Kyler are my number one, and with Luke, I knew that there was going to be some big fall from grace because of how The Force Awakens was set up, and so I feel like I was expecting that, and they, you know, they brought him around to the hero with. Maybe not the happiest of endings, but a heroic ending, and that worked for yeah. me. And I, yeah, I'm just, ugh. I'm just trying to think about these things in realistic terms. Mm-hmm. About like we throw around the word redemption all the time. Yeah, and for me, <laughs> would I even be happy if like Kylo? I think about this. Like, if Kylo was the supreme leader, evil, 
leader of the First Order, mm-hmm. but did something good for his family, for the Resistance, for Rey, for Leia, and everything, and then died. I think I might be okay with that as long as like there's like a recognition of that good act. I think right? that would take me a long time to get there. Yeah, but I think yeah, eventually I would be. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think about like, okay, what if? I think I I do think redemption is likely. They're on that path. It's 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 going, but it's. It's, I think about like the specifics of some things that would happen and maybe maybe just like a, a couple of things that show that this person is like a person that yeah. I, I, I would be good with. I think I would be okay with that. It, it wouldn't – at the moment I walked out of the movie theater, our immediate reaction would be I'm so disappointed, honestly. Yeah, it would be. But I, I, I think that maybe I'd be okay with it because I, Kylo isn't the only character I love. Exactly. Like that's that's really the thing. I'm not like going into this movie like Kylo Ren is the only character I care about. I mm-hmm. love every single character in these movies. I do. Almost. Yeah. Like so much. Yeah. And it's it's almost it's surpassed like even how I feel about the prequels. Like I I, I truly love every mm-hmm. character in this, the sequel show. This is where I envy you because Kylo is like far and above my favorite character. Yeah. And not because I I love all of the other characters. So much, <laughs> but like Kylo is just he's he's at the top of the list, and he's always been at the top of the list. Some from before the Force Awakens, it's like my love of Ahsoka. I can't explain it. It was just like the second I saw Ahsoka in a trailer, I was like, "That's my girl," and she stayed my girl. It doesn't matter what she did. And the same thing happened with Kylo Ren. And <laughs> here we are. I know who I am. Okay, guys, <laughs> you really do know who you are. I know who I am. Um, let me remind you that my favorite character is Padme. Yeah. And she had a terrible ending. Like, so sad. I know, but... And it's like, I I, I I say this just because, like, I just... I'm trying to bring us down to earth. I still think that what we want is going to happen just because we got, like, so much of... Like, <laughs> The Last Jedi is like, how is that movie even real? Right. But I, I, I just, like... I need to like I I think about it a lot about like oh my god what if I'm so off base I think if if all of our characters did have a happy ending like again the like the only way I'd be okay with a Ben Solo death is if it's Ben Solo um for him to just die Kylo Ren doesn't I don't know that just doesn't line up with me um and I don't think our other characters would be happy about it and so if, like, if they had, like, a piece, like, if Kylo, if Ben had a peace and purpose kind of moment, and it was sad, but it was, it was okay, kind of like Luke's moment, I could work with that. It'd be hard, but I would come to accept that and appreciate mm-hmm. that for whatever it was, hopefully, you know, if it was, if it was done well. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that Lucasfilm has, hasn't, you know, given us a story that I've been disappointed with. Yeah, Exactly. Like, they're extremely powerful storytellers, and I just feel like episode nine is really going to hit it out of the park. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of reverence that goes into making this movie, even so much so that they're not releasing any movies in between, like, Solo and The Last Jedi. I mean, The Last Jedi, episode nine. Yeah. I think that all of this stuff comes into account. I mean, 
at the end of the day, Kylo Ren is a Skywalker. And the Skywalker saga, it's a Skywalker saga. <laughs> so I don't think that character is not going to get his like due diligence or I don't whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that I, I, if I were to sum it all up, I think Redeem Ben Solo is realistic. I'm not sure that like romantic Raylo is. And I, we just have to temper our expectations a little bit. Yeah. I think I think with romantic Raylo, I think it would if it's not super explicit, I think it will be ambiguous the ending. Um because like I said, I do think they kind of live or die together in this film. And so either way, I think they end the film together. Yeah. So and I mean as like I just I want them both to smile. <laughs> and maybe like imagine if the if the film ends with just all of our characters at a dinner table, just eating and smiling. Oh my god! Right? Like they're all. Just- <laughs> I just want everyone to be so happy. Right? Because this is funny. Because it, um, when we do Sky Talkers dinner party with the guests on the show, I feel like at least half of the answers have been, "I'm bringing Ray to my dinner party because she looks like she needs a good meal," and mm-hmm. that's. This is honestly, now that I'm talking about it, this is my perfect ending for episode nine. Is everyone just sitting down? To a big bowl of like galactic mac and cheese. It's about family. (laughs) (laughs) Galactic mac and cheese. Paul was making hamburger helper and (laughs) bantha helper, whatever it's called there. And they're just, you know, they're the falcon is like so old and like crappy that it doesn't fly anymore. But it's like a house. My God, what if we get? Like a five years later kind of situation epilogue. <laughs> I want an epilogue. We've already gotten an epilogue in The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. The Last Jedi. Like, I feel like I want an epilogue. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. And they're just like, and they're all working on the Falcon together. Like, Ben and Ray are working on the Falcon together, and Chewie's there too. And like, Chewie hands Ben a wrench, and they smile at each other, and you know that like they're okay. And. Oh. <laughs> Finn is, you know, him and the stormtroopers are playing like flag football and they're just having like a grand old time. And Rose has a farm of fathiers Mm. and Poe's just flying around because that's what makes him happy. (laughs) It's all good. Poe's taking like drone shots from his X Wing up above (laughs) of all the happiness. So crazy. That's what I want. Wow. Okay, let's let's dive into a topic that is kind of rough. Um, so Leia in the film, we haven't really touched it at all in our speculation. And, you know, Bad. we did record an episode like a year and a half ago at this point about Leia's presence in episode nine and like the recasting nature and like the idea behind recasting. Mm hmm. Do we think that this is a possibility? How do we think? I mean, a time has passed since we recorded that episode. And I think we both decided in that episode that we kind of lean towards no recasting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as time has gone by, I think that I think I'd be okay with CGI plus recasting if, if it was just like a couple scenes, like maybe two scenes. I I just I, I kind of have changed my mind a little bit about it because I really do 
want Leia's as a character to continue and like have a satisfying end. And I just don't think that I'd be okay with her death being mentioned in a little paragraph in the opening crawl. Yeah. I just, I feel like she, she deserves so much more than that. And maybe it's time that I swallow my pride about attachment to Carrie Fisher because Leia is honestly, even though Carrie and Leia are so tied, Leia as a character is so important for so much that she doesn't deserve a sentence. And it's just so unfair because we shouldn't even be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know. I just don't know where I stand on it anymore. I know. I'm with you. And it's it's that thing, you know, it's going to suck whatever it is because it's not Carrie Fisher. And like you said, that's just so incredibly unfair and just ugh, awful. Um, but I think, I think I'm with you because I think 30 years from now, when I'm past this emotion of losing her too soon, I will be sad that her story was not given its due as the character of Leia. Yeah. I think that like when I'm showing Star Wars to my kids in the future, if it's like, oh my God, I love Princess Leia. I love Princess Leia. I wonder where her story goes and her story ends in a paragraph. Like, that's just not fair. Yeah, and then, then, you're, then you know, you have to say, oh, it's because the actress died and they, they didn't want to recast her or do something like that. Um, because the character- It's a weird choice. It's like, a, it, overall, it's like a terrible choice to have to make. But yeah. like, I can, and if these films are modern myth and they are and they're passed through generations and generations, I'm not sure if like that- the, the the like the fact that Leia's character is so revered like if that I don't know if that's like a satisfying conclusion for her and I I do think that they're going to do her justice in whatever way I have I have faith in Lucasfilm I just don't really know how I stand on it like if they yeah. came out with an announcement tomorrow that was like yeah you know what Leia's in the film and you're just gonna have to trust us I'd be like all right I'm gonna trust you I'm a little concerned but I'm gonna trust you because obviously I am yeah, you know, just, man, it's so hard because I, you know, in Rogue One, I thought Tarkin was done really well, but I was Leia was definitely the weaker of those two CGI characters. Um, I didn't think her CGI was done nearly as well as Tarkin's was, and so that would make me worried for Episode Nine, even though they're obviously, you know, forty years difference <laughs> um, in the ages. Um, but then I, you know, I think about what – if Carrie Fisher were still around, what I would want from that character in episode nine were to be having these, like, really emotional truth bomb conversations with Ray and Kylo. And it's hard for me to imagine another actress or even CGI having those kinds of conversations um, because I know that I know that it's not her. I know. And that's so hard because I don't want to put my emotion about this character on future generations who aren't attached to Carrie Fisher, the actress. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be. And that's not a bad thing. It's just because these stories are meant to last forever. And they have lasted for, you know, 40 years now. And they're going to last another 40. And my kids are going to have no emotion whatsoever to Carrie Fisher. Yep. Not in the way, not in the way that I do. Um, 
And I yeah. don't want to deny these stories. I don't want to. I don't want to count that as a bad thing for the story to do, for me to feel uncomfortable that it's a different actress. For the sake, like f- at the expense of the character, I don't even know if that's making sense. Um, no, I think it. I think it does. Yeah, and at the expense of a future audience too, which sounds weird to like. I don't know. Even be thinking a- about that, but. Ugh. It's rough. It is. And I know that, like, Billy Lord is involved and obviously has a role in the sequel trilogy and everything. And she has been so mature and amazing about, like, her mother since her passing. And I think that she is in charge of this decision or, like, has an input. And I think that she'll choose right. And I, I thought that she had chosen. I think she had chosen that there she's not going to be. And K- Kathy Kennedy has said Carrie is not in episode nine but i don't know if she said leia is not in episode nine so like i don't hmm. uh, i don't know what that I, means i know carrie would, would be so about cgi <laughs> i know she would be too like, like she totally would she, obviously she approved it for rogue one so yeah you know i feel like she'd be like yeah <laughs> she'd be like ghost leia she like <laughs> she would want that in every movie you know what i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. she totally would she would but so- so I have I have mixed emotions on it now, and yeah. I kind of wanted to update that because I just feel like um, I would actually support it if they were like, all right, we're, we're not letting the character of Leia fall to the side. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I do too. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hard pill to swallow. Whatever happens. Oh, for sure. And I might be uncomfortable in the movie theater about it. Yeah. I think that'll be one of those things that when we start going back for repeat viewings, will soften with time, you know, if yeah. it is another actress or if it is CGI. Totally. I'm with you. <sighs> All right. Any other realistic expectation? Um, other realistic expectations that we're going to get a really great Ray and Finn hug. Oh, yes. One. So, and I want Finn to be a little freaked out by Ray's force powers. <laughs> I do too. You know, I really want that. <laughs> really and and Rose is like totally cool with it. Yeah, I need the Rose and Ray friendship. I didn't mention that, but I I, I think they'd be friends, and I yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, same, totally same. All right, so I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I feel like we've covered a lot. Like we said at the beginning, please bookmark this episode for December 2019. Let's see where we stand. I'm sure we'll obviously be doing a lot more speculation once uh, trailers and things like that start coming out. But this this episode is particularly special since we don't have any trailers yet. And this is literally just <laughs> a shooting from the hip. <laughs> Um, yes but thank you guys as always for listening please let us know if you're looking forward to our george lucas series that's coming up in a couple of weeks um and keep up with our twitter and website for information on that our twitter is at skytalkers pod and our website is skytalkers.com our personal twitter handles if you want to find us there i'm at caitlin plusher and charlotte is at clarity and if you like what you hear and you want to leave us a five-star review on itunes we would really appreciate it it helps others find the show and we love having more people in our little podcasting family so please head on over and do that if you haven't yet and i just want to thank our amazing patrons 
Amy, Neil, Joanna, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Kyle, Katie, Rachel, Courtney, Brian, Susanna, Megan, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Sora, BJ, Danny, Ross, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Sarah, Travis, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Allie, Natalia, Daz, Lauren, Shireen, Serene, Matt, Chell, Aaron, Tom, Edith, Molly, Adam, Stuart, Derek, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. It means the world. Thank you guys so much. And as always, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Thank you.